The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are a visionary. You have a vision. You just need to create it and bring it to life. Welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with your host, Kate Ebner. Our program will be an hour of inspiration from leaders who are making their visions happen and will set you on the path to having a big impact through your leadership and the life you really want. Now here's your host, Kate Ebner. Good morning, everyone. We have a great show planned today. Our topic this morning is the millennial generation, and we're going to discover some surprising truths about this up-and-coming part of our population. You know, everywhere I look, I see cover stories of magazines that promise some insight into the inner psyches of the millennials, as we call them. Um, lots of business and marketing writers are claiming to hold the secret for engaging millennials. Politicians want to understand how to get the youth vote, and they want to understand the way this generation is thinking. Um, companies are paying top dollar for strategists who can help uh, figure out what motivates um, this generation. There's been an enormous amount of research and intrigue in this um, part of our population. But are these so-called experts really getting the story right? Today, I'm speaking with a thought leader who is very qualified to report on the subject of millennials. Anne Hubert is Senior Vice President at Scratch, a creative SWAT team, as they call it, within Viacom. Anne has a diverse background with degrees in both law and business, as well as experience working as a policy advisor in the public sector and in a management consulting realm. We're so fortunate to have you here today, Anne. Welcome to the program. Hi, Kate. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Well, you know, this is a very hot topic, Anne, as I I know you well know, and um, I want to kind of jump right in by saying that, you know, at Scratch, I know you have a strength in diving deep into the the demography of our population, really understanding the thinking and the cultural trends that influence the generations. One of these groups is the millennial generation. Um, Today, the millennials are entering the workforce in huge numbers. Those born on the early end of this generation, say the early 80s, are now entering management positions for the first time. And additionally, some millennials are bypassing that traditional corporate ladder entirely and are starting companies, some of which are worth millions today. This is a time when the generations, uh, the baby boomers in particular, the millennials, are really um, operating from different paradigms. And today we're going to look at the millennials in particular, talk about their leadership, talk about the implications of them in the workforce. Joining me today for this exciting conversation is also Rachel Wold of the Nebo Company. Rachel produces Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life, this radio show, with me each week. She edits our weekly newsletter. She's a regular contributor, and she often works side-by-side with me with our clients. Rachel's a member of the millennial generation, if indeed someone can be a member of a generation. As such, she has a keen interest in the insight that Anne is bringing us today. Uh, Rachel, I'm so glad that you're here with us on the show. Welcome. Thank you, Kate. I'm happy to be here. 
Good. So, Anne, you have a cool job. Let's start with a little <laughs> bit more of an introduction. Can you tell our listeners more about who you are and the path that brought you to Scratch? Absolutely. I'm, uh, like I said, I'm thrilled to be here. And the good news is as I wake up every day and get to do something that I find really exciting and compelling. Um, and the path that led me here was not a straight line, but um, as I as I tell young folks who come talk with me about career advice, it all makes sense in the rearview mirror. When I look backwards, it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Scratch, let me start there. Scratch itself is, as you said, a SWAT team that works across all the Viacom brands. Viacom's a media company, including brands like MTV, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, Paramount Pictures, our movie studio, a whole slew of some of the most popular brands in the world. And as a result, we're in homes around the world, in local movie theaters around the world, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and um, getting an incredible amount of feedback about what's hitting in culture and what's not, what's working and what's not. And we're a part of making that culture as well. And the co-founder and I sort of looked around Scratch, looked around the company, pardon me, about five years ago, and said there is so much richness here, so much expertise that we've been keeping to ourselves to make our own businesses work, expertise in who consumers are, how culture is moving, how to connect with people creatively, and how to create those movements ourselves. And rather than only keeping that stuff to ourselves, what if we started bringing it out into the world, bringing it out into partners in business and government, in other kinds of institutions, Um, through a a bunch of different formats. Um, So Scratch was founded as a group to do just that, to open up the API of Viacom and bring its expertise out into the world in in some new and different ways. Wow, that's a great story. I don't think I've ever heard anyone describe how Scratch uh, was created. And it sounds like um, information that people really, really want. What about you, Anne? How How did you get to be in such a position that you could see this and, and call for this. What's your background? Oh, well, thank you. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's been one I'd say is, is organized by sort of following my own gut and a combination of that with creating opportunities where I could. I almost went to acting conservatory and decided against that, ended up studying computer programming and philosophy in a program called Symbolic Systems at Stanford. Um, got really interested in how technology at that time during the internet boom was going to change the world and thought, well, how better to understand how the world in my worldview at that time worked than to move to D.C. and get a sense for how government really operated. And so I ended up working in the Senate for three years for John Corzine when he was a senator uh, from New Jersey, Hmm. which was a really tremendous experience and sort of found a lot of things that interested me at that time and still do about about politics, but more broadly about the world, about what makes people tick, what makes people jump out of their everyday thoughts and patterns and connect with a larger idea, with a larger mission. And how can you understand what people care about and influence that? Um, How can you, it's sort of the whole economy of attention. How does that really work? It's certainly at play in politics. And as I, you know, went back to graduate school, as you mentioned, for law and business, I started thinking about how some of my creative passions could be applied in some of those same questions. And that led me to media, where really the game is, you know, how can you understand what people care about, give them something to get excited about, and how do marketers and other folks trying to get their messages out there integrate into that, that landscape. That's, that's been the, 
the sort of path that I've taken conceptually, and it, it led me um, to help start Scratch now three or four years ago. It's been, a, it's been an exciting ride, and, and we'll see what happens next. Yeah, you know, as you, as you describe your path, it, it really reminds me of the way that, you know, we, um, that careers are actually being created these days, which is to say that one thing leads to another and is connected to something else. And it's actually so often a blend of interests and passions and knowledge that uh, leads to the most interesting places. So I'm so glad that you, you gave us that perspective. It seems uh, particularly relevant given um, our topic today and the the advice that often this generation is hearing. So I will probably return to a little bit about your own perspective, Anne, as we get going. Um, we have just a couple minutes um, before we take our first break, but I think it would be a really good idea for us to begin by having you define what millennial means for our audience. When we talk about the millennial generation, who exactly are we talking about? Yeah, there are so many definitions out there about who millennials are. At Viacom, we talk about millennials as people born from 81 to 2000. So they're roughly 13 to 32, depending on your math. Um, and they're the, the largest generation in history, more than 80 million of them here in the U.S., more than 2.4 billion around the world. So they're nearly a third of humanity today. And often when I'm talking to people about millennials, I think they have a, a, a vision in their head of somebody who's a teenager, young, still at home, and, you know, actually this, this age group, we've got almost 40% of the U.S. workforce is millennial today, and that's going to be 50% by 2020. A third of them are already parents. Um, so they're, they're a generation that's huge in size and even bigger in impact, I'd say. So I'm looking forward to getting into some of the ways we're seeing them impact the world um, in our next, after the next break. Yes. Well, you know, as you as you as you lay that out, I mean, I, I knew some of what you just said, but not all of it, and I hadn't realized that this is the largest generation ever. What does that really mean? The, that means the world population is larger than ever, and this generation is a part of that population surge. That's right. You know, some generations exceed the previous. Um, boomers were certainly bigger than the great generation before them, but Xers took a a slight dip in the in their the, the size of that generation. The millennials are back and they're bigger than the boomers. They're here in a big way and certainly population growth, particularly globally in the developing world, contributes to that. Um, so they're a, they're a force and I think their size makes them a force and some of the ways that they're different um, than previous generations combined with the, the tools and technologies that they have available to them to make their impact felt um, means they're they're kind of a big deal, as they say, and I think worth uh, worth paying some attention to. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm uh, I really appreciate the the framing that you've just provided, so that we really understand who it is that we're talking about as we um, as we dive into this show. And you know, there's so many um, things that are fascinating about the time in which this these people are coming of age and what that offers them. And I've heard it said, and I, I believe this that the very paradigm in which this generation is living is quite different from that that's come before. We're going to explore this in much more detail after we get back from the break. We're heading to the break right now. My guest today is Anne Hubert, Senior Vice President at Scratch. Um, and I have also with me Rachel Wald, who is going to take us into the next segment to really learn more about this generation. We'll be right back. We're 
always talking business, talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Hello, and welcome back to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with Kate Ebner. i with Ann Hubert who's Senior Vice President of Viacom Scratch, on a topic that's relevant for everyone in today's workforce, and that's the rise of my generation, the millennials in the office. As Anne just mentioned in the previous segment, millennials will be 50% of the workforce by 2020. You know, Anne, in the past year, the term millennial has become a huge buzzword in the media, and the coverage of millennials has sometimes been favorable, but at times I've noticed it's painted a pretty uninspiring picture of my generation. Mm-hmm. I've read that Millennials are entitled that we're addicted to technology and social media, that we've been raised to think of ourselves as the center of the universe, that we have too much self-esteem. And, you know, this is kind of a discouraging view. So in your experience, Anne, does the research back up these claims? You guys are getting a bad rap, huh? <laughs> we are. What's up with that? I'm proud. No, I mean, look, we understand where these, where these myths, as I like to call them, come from. They're... They're real. They're connected to things that people experience when they encounter millennials. Um, but I think they also are kind of missing the point. I think they're a really superficial way of understanding what's really at work with this cohort. And from our work, you know, getting deeper, getting beneath some of those behaviors and attitudes can be really where the understanding happens and where the, the, the value and insight is sort of unlocked. So mm-hmm. um, we spend a lot of time trying to get underneath those ideas of they're so entitled or they always have their noses in their smartphones and things that I understand why people say these things and I get it, but 
from our perspective, it's, it's not a terribly useful way of understanding what this, what this cohort's all about. Right. So what are some of the methods that you use at Scratch to get sort of to the bottom of these, these topics? You know, we've got access to a, a, whole host of, a whole host of assets and tools. I mean, Viacom itself obviously is in constant conversation to get toward what we call radical audience intimacy. So the amount of, of research happening within our brands, within the channels like MTV, Comedy Central, BET, VH1, Nickelodeon, etc. Inside those channels, there's a ton of research going on, both quantitative and qualitative. We're in dorm rooms, in living rooms, talking to people in real time, getting feedback online. We've got trend scouts on the ground around the world, um, all kinds of activities. And so Scratch gets to um, kind of harvest all of those activities and also bring it to ground in particular industries where we're engaged with our clients. So a lot of different methodologies that help you get underneath things like, you know, why, why do they think their opinion matters at the workplace? You know, from my perspective, if you understand a little more about how their families worked, you might have a better sense of why they're showing up at the office asking for feedback or thinking the CEO should really hear their ideas, even though they started working there six months prior. Um, uh, And what I mean by that is, you know, there's a, a phenomenon that we see on the rise around the world that we call parenting, not parenting, but parenting. Parenting, wow. Yeah, that's really about the kind of relationship that millennials have been raised in with their parents. A relationship that looks much less like the Don Draper model of parenting of children should be seen and not heard and exist at the orbit of the family to really having been moved inside into the center of the family with parents orbiting around them, rearranging work schedules to get their kids to um, activities and playdates and soccer practice. Um, these kids have you know, influence on decisions uh, inside the family, as, not just as, as micro as what you get to have for dinner, which I frankly didn't always get to vote on as a kid, mm-hmm. but even big things like where the family's going to go on vacation or where, what house they're going to buy. Some of the research coming from our Nickelodeon brand on what they call kidfluence is just astounding in that, in that department. And if you, if you think about what it means to be raised in an environment where your opinion matters, where you're being asked questions like that, and at the table in a real way with your parents, not as authority figures, but as peers, I think you start to understand some of the, the tectonic plates that have, have shaped who this generation you know, really is and, and the expectations that people carry with them at a very fundamental level. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like my generation, we've been involved with important consumer decisions from a young age, and maybe this, let's talk a bit about how this parenting uh, phenomena might be influencing the way people my age approach work and career perhaps differently than their parents' generation. Absolutely. You know, the, the way we see them approaching relationships with, with their bosses with, um, in relationships that involve hierarchy in the workplace is different. And I think it can be kind of baffling to a lot of managers um, when they're met with millennial employees expecting to be at the table in certain kinds of discussions or to have their ideas voiced up to the tip-top of a large organization. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, in our experience, they're really what they're looking for is the idea of a competent co-conspirator. They're looking for a boss who can help them um, get where they're going, who can understand the, the sort of ambition they have, the, the belief they have that they can contribute 
a lot to the world. Remember, these guys grew up getting trophies for coming in 11th place, by the way. (laughs) So they're used to a healthy amount of feedback and reinforcement and understand that they have a lot to learn, actually. Um, Understand that they want to be around people who have things to teach them, but also believe they have something to add even from day one. Look at look at the way they've been asked inside their families to train their parents on especially things like technology and social media, um, the way they've, they've been held up as the expert in certain areas, and it, it would make no sense for them to suddenly be taken outside of that role that they've occupied so comfortably. So um, I think there's a, a lot of parallels when you dig into what that, that context was like for them growing up. Um, and extrapolating it into what they expect from their bosses and, and, and peers, frankly, in the workplace. Right. So it sounds like being a contributor is one of the core values of my generation. I actually didn't know that before, or I had never thought of it in such, you know, clear terms. Yeah, you know, we, we really see this in the context of their belief about their potential. And I think they believe they can contribute because they believe they can, they can be something great. Fully a third of, of millennials by our research believe um, that they'll be famous. Not hope wow. they'll be famous. One third. They'll be famous. A third of them believe they will be famous. Um, and I think, you know, they've had that story reflected back at them through the media, whether it's by, you know, the creation of reality stars or people writing music in their living room, getting picked at, that getting picked up um, after they posted on YouTube and getting, you know, launched as a global phenomenon. Think Justin Bieber. Right. Um, you know, the, the creation of the Facebook empire starting out of a dorm room um, and getting cheered along every step of the way. You know, it, it makes sense that we see something like 80% of them reporting, I'm sure I'll get where I want to go in life. So this belief that they've got something to give the world, that they have a calling, and that it's theirs to find out what that calling is and figure out how they can best channel that that energy and optimism and, and spirit is, that's the question. Oh, thank you, Anne. Those insights are so helpful. Uh, and, you know, obviously every generation, including mine, is influenced by the specific historical events that are going on in, in their era. And my generation came of age, you know, during the war on terror. And we've, we've witnessed the collapse of the financial system at the, at the exact same time that many of us were graduating and looking for our first jobs. Um, so I wanted to ask you, what are some of the challenges that you see facing my generation today? It's a great question because in, in many ways, you know, there's never been a better time to be young. And at the same time, there's never been a worse time to be young. Mm. I mean, we look, at, we look at the fact that this generation is, you know, raised in the kind of environments with supportive parents closer to them than ever before. They've pursued higher education in larger numbers than ever before. They've got access to information that's just mind-boggling, right? The curious minds can find answers to pretty much every question. And technology means that the, the means of production are, are very much democratized. So they've got incredible tools, this incredible belief in where they're going, and at the same time, you know, it's, it's hard. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's tough out there. Unemployment is hitting this generation um, more than anyone the skyrocketing cost of education I mean they're graduating with the largest debt burden in history. Um, they make less than at any other time in the past 50 years. Real median incomes dropped 9% since they joined the labor market. So um, there, are, there are some real challenges there. And I think what, what's exciting to me about 
studying this generation so closely and helping companies and organizations navigate what to do with them as consumers and as employees is that I think this generation, unlike some others, is leaning into the system and saying, how are we going to make this what we need from it? Um, whereas, you know, boomers were all about changing the system and Xers were leaning back saying, F the system. These guys are saying, let's game the system. How can we use it to get what we want, to make the world in our own image, to make the world the way we want it to be? And so I think the you know, I'm just a huge champion, really, for, for what impact the millennials are going to have on the world. And, and it's a fascinating area to, to get to think about how they're shaping the future. Yeah, so what I'm hearing is that, you know, far from pulling back and not being interested in some of the institutions and frameworks we have set up, millennials are actually leaning in, to use the, the phrase that you use, and um, trying to game them, maybe change them a little bit for our own benefit. So, so how do you see these, you know, these unfortunate circumstances, we might say? Um, how do you see, what do you see the ways that these circumstances that we're growing up in are, how are they affecting the particular ways in which we're trying to change the system? What are some of those changes that you see happening? It's a great question. We're starting to see some of those, those changes and their demands take hold in industries that have historically, I think, been organized more around their own supply chain or their own history and less around consumer needs as they've changed. Um, you know, we've seen this up close in the, in the automotive industry through our partnership with General Motors, where Scratch is working with them to, to help craft really an automaker, an auto company for this generation, from the cars they make to the way they sell them at the dealership to the brands they build and how they, they penetrate culture with those brands, even the kind of organization that they build inside their own walls. And it's an industry that's going through a lot of change because some of the old tricks that all the automakers were using to reach young people stopped working. Millennials right. weren't responding to some of those those tropes. And well, thank you, Anne. Um, sure. That that is a, that's a really great example. GM. Um, I know we they've used the knowledge of Scratch and they're making changes. Uh, so I know we're all learning so much from your perspective during the show today. We're gonna, going to have to take a break now. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with Kate Ebner and Anne Hubert of Scratch at Viacom. This is Rachel Wold. We will be right back. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. What does conscious leadership mean to you? It unites organizations instead of dividing them. By exploring commonly-based business challenges, it guarantees an increase in your bottom line. Tune in to Minding Our Business, Creating a Spiritual Economy. 
with your host, Nadine Rogers. Each week, we'll hear from business leaders and learn from their strategies. We'll talk about personal and organizational best practices that you can learn from, and we'll hear from you. Minding Our Business airs live Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Hey, welcome back to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. This is Kate Ebner, and today I'm joined by two people with unique perspectives on the millennial generation. This, of course, is the group of young people in their teens, 20s, and at the beginning of their 30s that's really moving into and starting to actually shake up the workplace and probably the world more broadly. Um, one of my my guests here is Anne Hubert. She is a senior vice president at Viacom in Scratch, which is uh, the, they call it the SWAT team within Viacom that's really studying this generation, looking at what inspires, motivates, um, and, and really makes them tick. Um, and I also have uh, Rachel Wald of the Nebo Company, who is a millennial herself. She's at the beginning of her own career and has been really uh, co-hosting this program with me today and I think bringing a great perspective um, through her questions. So, Anne, coming back from the break, uh, we were talking a little bit about how companies are starting to pay attention to this generation and really wanting to learn about um, about about this population, about what concerns them. We gave the example of General Motors. Um, are there other places where you see a lot of attention going to the millennial generation? Yeah, you know, we're always um, looking at, at where this generation is, is moving, where they're where they're headed next, where they are today, frankly, as the best indicator of, of where they might go next. And in our listening and our conversations with them, they have turned our attention to two areas. One, the financial services industry, banks, credit card networks, and the other, um, the healthcare industry. And when we have started digging into what's really at play there, I think those are two spaces that are just ripe for transformation. And I, and I think that that's probably true across consumer sets, but in our experience, millennials are often the tip of the spear, um, asking for, demanding, and in many cases, creating the changes that the rest of us will benefit from as well. So in our conversations with them, financial services feels like a, a space where consumer, consumer needs have been unmet, and you see a, a lot of the incumbent players there recognizing that fact, making some attempts to engage consumers in new ways through new products, through new marketing messages, through new retail platforms and, and forms of distribution of those products. But um, we also know from our research that nobody's captured their love yet, that <laughs> this generation's got a lot more to give. Um, yeah. So it's an area where we're focused very actively on 
um, understanding really what's at play and, and how decoding how they're going to transform that space. Wow. And what's an example, Anne, in the financial services area of, of an experiment or an attempt to, um, to, to connect with this generation? You know, whether it's moves by some of the larger players to move to more digital platforms, things like, you know, check deposit by taking a photo of the check with your phone, or it's the entrance of new new models entirely created by millennials, new models in, you know, one that, that we're very familiar with is the, the model in LearnVest, a financial planning tool um, for the 99%, as I believe they describe themselves. Um, that was started by a millennial and is based around the idea of really breaking down how people can understand what to do with their money, what the future of, of those sorts of savings products might look like, and really challenging the industry to think differently about how consumers are served. Um, mm. so we, see, we see these kinds of activities, you know, whether it's platforms like that or even the growth of lending platforms like, like Kickstarter or Kiva, um, whether they're social lending or social giving platforms, there's a lot of interesting activity happening in those spaces, in the payment space, really at, at every turn. Thank you. Those are, those are great examples. They sort of illuminate um, what you mean when you say that, that they're the tip of the spear in so many places and really driving innovation, it sounds like. Um, what about healthcare? You mentioned healthcare as well. Healthcare is an interesting one. I think with the, the reform um, that's hitting the marketplace in the next couple of months, we see a lot of healthcare providers um, suddenly in a more consumer-facing conversation than they've been historically. So there's been a lot of conversation around, around this building in Times Square and Viacom's headquarters about how the healthcare space is evolving, um, how consumers and their needs are changing, and, and within the context of how the workforce is evolving and how young people are thinking about their careers. I think the idea of a healthcare system that's no longer only tied to your employer is a really interesting evolution. And I think likely the beginning of a, a sea change of activity for players in, in healthcare, not just in insurance, but also I believe in, in pharmacies, um, even in the pharmaceutical makers themselves, connecting more directly with consumers, starting a conversation directly starting to orient their organizations to really be consumer-driven in a way that that, that industry has not, not seen before. Um, so I think it's an exciting time. And, and again, I believe millennials are going to be the, the agents of that change um, in the, the services they demand, in the, the appetite they have to support the platforms and the, the brands that really get them. You know, it's interesting, just as I'm taking all this in, thinking about... Um, I'm going to trace it back to this idea of parenting um, in which, you know, we've raised a generation who feel empowered and who feel like they have something to give and who are used to giving it and sharing what they know and what they want and need and expect with an older generations. And it's fascinating that this, in a way you could, maybe this is too strong a claim, but you could, you could actually point to the parenting as a catalyst for transformation across sectors. I think it's right. At the risk of playing armchair psychologist, I, <laughs> I really do. I think it's a big deal to be um, have a seat at the table from day one, weighing in on family decisions. I think that that carries throughout. And I believe that, yeah, it, it leads people to, to think they, 
the world not just should be molded to, to meet their needs, but actually that they can mold the world to, to take the shape that they believe it should take. Yes. Um, and again, combined with the, the technology platforms, tools, the way the sort of digital universe has even the playing field, I think, I think it's a really exciting time for, for this generation to help create the future. Yes, well, you know, in our work here at NEBO, we've been talking, and certainly at the Institute for Transformational Leadership at Georgetown, which we're working on building, uh, we've been talking a lot about the changing nature of work, the simple fact that we don't do our work the way that we once did, and that work, you know, work, what is work, you know, where is work, all of these kinds of things seem to be shifting. And I'm curious, Anne, from your perspective, you know, how do you think that the millennial generation is uh, helping transform the way we work. Do you have any thoughts about that? You know, I do. And in, in this case, also, there are a lot of myths floating out around, floating around out there about, um, about millennials and what they're like at work, that they have no job loyalty, they want flat organizations, they're not willing to pay their dues, they don't know their place, they need feedback all the time. You know, it's, it's rarely 10 minutes into a meeting with any C-suite, pick your industry, C-suite member before they before they bring up this topic, it, it comes up hmm. pretty much every time, um, and I get it because it's it can be frustrating and and they're behaving in ways that are challenging some of the traditional notions of career, whether it's you know what your relationship with your boss looks like, what your growth trajectory looks like. Um, it's really you know an expansive impact that they're having. What what we've found really not just by speaking with them by being inside organizations across industries, but also by doing some quantitative um, modeling of, um, to predict the drivers of what make young people love their work. What we've seen is that there are really four areas that are the biggest driver of what we call job love. Passion, the idea that you're doing the work that you're passionate about. Potential, that there's an opportunity to grow personally and professionally. There's a trajectory um, it's about fit, that you can be yourself, you're comfortable, and pride, that you're proud to tell people where you work and, and what you do. And those things probably sound pretty common. Those are, those are elements that I think from every generation people are, people are interested in. But the way they, they manifest with these guys, I think, can be, can be pretty different. So passion, potential, fit, and pride. You know, it sounds like this is what... You know, this generation is looking for in the workplace, and that sounds so different than this idea of entitled, not loyal, um, sort of out for self. You know that kind of thing. Uh, it, it's it's almost, um, you know, if we could think of this as like the positive potential of the generation versus maybe the shadow side. You know, this empowered, um, you know, out for me idea that's out there. Uh, what should an employer do to tap into this, do you think, Anne? I mean, what, what, would, what, what do you advise companies about how to really understand and motivate the millennial generation? I think tapping into that, the getting underneath the sort of negative and snide understanding of millennials and really getting to the core of what's driving them, I really do think is the way, the way through, to, to try to understand them and understand how some of the gimmicks that are out there about millennials fall short. You know, there's one of my favorites is there was a bunch of press and some major outlets in the last couple of years about how millennials jump jobs every one and a half years. 
that their average tenure is 1.5 years. And when we dug into the data to figure out where that really came from, it turns out there were kids with summer jobs, um, part-time workers, interns included in that data set. And when you strip out all of that kind of activity for millennials who were full-time members of the workforce, their average tenure was up close to four years, right around where Gen X and boomers are as well. Um, and so, you know, when we dig in there and say, huh, the data isn't that different, they are interested in, in loyalty, when we really dug in to figure out, well, why did that story catch hold? Something about that data point, forget the data analysis piece of it, something about that point resonated with people for that story to spread that way. And when we really dug into what that was all about, we saw that, well, there is some sort of shifty dissatisfaction feeling that people are getting when they're interacting with this generation that, you know, that really, yes, we know they believe in a calling, that these guys really do believe there's a perfect job out there, but only a quarter of them know what it is. They're, they feel both this tremendous sense that they have something to give the world and a real sense of, huh, I don't know how to, how to figure that out. And, and so they go out looking, but they're looking in a context of a landscape that's really changed where companies aren't safe, um, jobs aren't necessarily even safe within those companies. These guys have seen their parents or their parents' friends laid off, sometimes at the same time that the company is reporting record profits, things that just didn't happen a generation ago. And they're also hearing messages about careers, you know, being a jungle gym, to quote Sheryl Sandberg, that, mm-hmm. you know, they're being advised to look for opportunities and look for growth to move sideways, down, on, up. Um, you know, she says things like, if I, if I had mapped out my career when I was your age, I would have missed my career at the Harvard commencement speech. Yeah, um, I've heard that. Yeah, and I just think those messages, I think, um, encourage people to, you know, continue the search and this longing for, for what might be, which is a very healthy thing, but I think can create some uncertainty when you're on the other side of it, when you're the employer yeah. trying to figure yeah. out how to keep these guys engaged. And, and Well, I think ha- you've just painted such a, such a clear picture for us. And I think when we come back from this break, I'd like to just even ask you to give some advice to employers to really put a point on this. This is Kate Ebner. My guest is Ann Hubert with Rachel Wald. We're here today talking about the millennial generation, and we'll be right back. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. 
up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Hello, and welcome back to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with Kate Ebner. This is Rachel Wold. I co-produce this show along with Kate, and today I am guest-hosting our conversation with her about the millennial generation with Anne Hubert of Viacom Scratch. And Anne, before the break, you were telling us about how some of the implications of millennials' changing approaches to work and career are playing out in today's workplace. Um, and so we wanted to follow back up and ask, what advice do you have, both for people of my generation who are trying to find their way, trying to find a career where they find the four, the four elements for job love, passion, potential, fit, and pride in what they do. And also I'm wondering if you have any advice um, for the employers who are managing millennials. You know, I, I think I have almost the same advice or two sides of the same coin um, okay. to give to both sides because I, I really think the answer lies in, um, for employers in inviting millennials in, in figuring out how to channel their incredible, creative, enterprising spirit in harnessing the talents and the energy that they have to bring to the table um, in, in a lot of different ways. Um, and on the, on the side of the millennials, I think it's in figuring out where you can have an impact. It's on being patient um, for that impact, but also hungry for it and um, underst- getting to know the, the context you're operating in and finding a way to, to navigate that unique context to figure out how your skills and talents can really be the most most useful. Um, you know, I look around at some of the, the partners that we're in conversations with and see some folks doing this really well and some people really struggling. I mean, one example that jumps out in my mind is is what Nike does when it comes to recruiting. If you look at their at their recruiting website, Nike talks about, you know, if you work for us, you'll be changed forever. You'll be changed because you grow. And to me, this is like hitting the nail on the head with what, what millennials need to hear and also need to experience once they arrive there. They need to hear a story about how their own experience is going to make them better, how they're going to come out the other side of this experience, whether they build a whole career at the company or move into another field or another discipline, that, that they will be better for this experience. Um, I see folks fall down when they try to make those kinds of conversations all about the organization or all about um, all about the the entity that, that they're trying to get somebody to join. And I think making these things really really personal, whether it's in the recruiting context or in you know working with employees to figure out where they're going and how the organization can help them get there, can help them achieve where they're heading. Um, in the meanwhile getting an incredible um, benefit to the organization in the meantime. That is a, a, an incredible benefit um, from all of the, the 
talents that this generation can bring to bear. Right. So it sounds like the the personal connection to the person working at the organization is really um, a key focus for for those organizations who are succeeding and and recruiting the best and the brightest that you know my my generation has to offer. And and even if not retaining them, at least um, getting something really great while they're there. Thanks for that, Anne. So um, I'm hoping we could look, you know, 20, 30, even 40 years into the future. Um, you know, when when people of my generation are leading businesses, um, nonprofit organizations, and governments. And I'm wondering if you could tell us what you think our leadership style will look like. Um, what will the future hold when my generation are, you know, we're, when we're in the C-suite? I have a feeling we're going to see um, a lot of things that we're already starting to see the millennial generation bring in. We're already starting to see, you know, the breaking down of, of silos, of talent that's coming in saying, I'm an athlete, not a position player. I am able to do a lot of different things, and I'm better because I'm able to do that. Um, in my own personal experience, and I can't claim to be a millennial, but in my own personal experience, that's been a, a, big, a big driving force in my own career. It's been something that Scratch has been founded around, an idea Scratch has been founded around, and something that we use a lot in talking with candidates and, and new hires. Um, as well as existing employees, this idea that, you know, people have a lot of different kinds of skills to offer, that they're whole people. Um, they are, you know, at once uh, a parent and a spouse and a friend and a sibling, as well as a boss and an expert in strategy and a poet and all of these things at once. Um, and so I think when you, when you think about individuals taking that posture in the workplace, and those individuals increasingly becoming leaders of organizations, I think you start to see the organizations themselves adapt to have less, um, less strict boundaries between work and play, less strict boundaries about um, what an organization or an office needs to look and feel like, what a professional needs to look and feel like, um, and the whole thing becoming a bit more human, frankly. I think that's one of the big impacts that, Millennials are having on brands as consumers and on organizations as employees um, in, you know, pushing the kind of transparency and honesty and human story um, that that they've been raised to expect, that the tools that they've been afforded have allowed them to expect. And I think it's a really powerful and I think healthy thing for, for all of us. Now, that doesn't mean you get to wear shorts and flip-flops everywhere or show up at work at 11 a.m., all stories Darn. that I've heard from <laughs> clients about millennials, but um, it does mean that I think they're going to get folks to ask the right questions and think through really which trappings of you know, a given organization or context need to be kept and which are ready to be rethought and reconsidered. Well, great, Anne. You know, I'm so glad to hear you say this. It sounds like future is going to hold some really exciting things with a lot more choices for people. So rather than just being a marketing person, maybe for your whole career, you could be a marketer slash marine biologist slash painter or something like that. And that, you know, it sounds like we have a lot to look forward to. That slasher, the, the slash <laughs> you just described is something that my colleagues at MTV actually use very explicitly is the slash culture. Um, and that's exactly right. These sorts of hybrid identities coming together and, and pushing us all to think more broadly about the combination of, of skills and talents and attributes that we bring inside our work. That's great. I love it. I love it, Rachel, that you just 
brought that slash point forward to your own natural millennial way of speaking. <laughs> and I, I would, <laughs> and I'd love to, I'd love to also point out that even as this is a generation that seems to be innovating and driving us forward in, in the application of technology um, across every sector, they also seem to be pushing us and challenging us to make it meaningful and to make it human. And I think these two things together are, are to transform- transformative. What do you think, Anne? I couldn't have put it better myself. I think that's exactly right. I think it's that combination, um, the, the tools and assets that they have available, the technology that they're making use of, but those, those things is the means to what end, and that end being, yeah, a, a world that, that looks, like you said, more human, more, um, more compassionate even, I would hope to think. We'll see. We'll see. Well, you know, we only have 30 seconds, Anne, but I bet people listening will really want to know how they can follow you and your work. Um, can you direct them? Sure, absolutely. So, yeah, my name is Anne Hubert. I'm on Twitter at Anne Hubert, and Scratch is at Scratch Says on Twitter and Scratch.Viacom.com. We'd love to hear from you. Yes, I, I, I encourage people to, this is really, you know, when, I think once we get past the idea that these generational uh, differences equal a generational clash and we begin to look at um, the emergence of um, a whole new way of understanding how to work, how to learn, how to live um, and, and see the potential of what the millennial generation is bringing to us and also perhaps share what we know with this generation. And I really appreciated, Anne, when your advice to the generation listening would be patience, you know, to, to, um, to slow down and learn even as you're bringing all of your great thoughts and ideas um, into the workplace. Um, This is Kate Ebner. You've been listening to Visionary Leader, Extraordinary Life, and we hope you'll be back again next week. If you'd like to follow um, the Nebo Company, if you'd like to read our weekly e-newsletter, we do a recap of the show. We'll have an article about our conversation with Anne. We also offer additional insights and resources on leadership topics. This has been Visionary Leader, Extraordinary Life with Kate Ebner, Anne Hubert, and Rachel Wald. Thank you for joining us today. We sincerely hope you've enjoyed hearing from leaders who are using vision to create an inspiring future. Please join host Kate Ebner for another edition of Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business Channel. Meanwhile, visit www.nebocompany.com for more tips on bringing your own vision to life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 